Welcome back to the show, all. We're here for another brief section. I thought we'd begin this series of multiple versions of. So we call it all versions of dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I'm your host, Sully, and I figured to start it off, you know, we're going to cover all the various movies and shows with different director's cuts, special editions, extended TV versions, everything from better known ones like Blade Runner and Touch of Evil to Apocalypse Now to even just other awkward TV edits like cobra and <laughs> the keep and other just hidden gems some of them enhance the movie and others are still a mess some are less messy and some are pure perfection joining me is the duo from slept on cinema which analyzes just totally just audience split movies welcome welcome thank you thank you for having us yeah you are on our podcast for uh femme fatale right yeah, and I wouldn't shut up. <laughs> no, it was great. That was a great episode. I'm glad you recommended that movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I still think that is my favorite movie that we've done on the entire series. That was, I, I mean, I purchased it. I purchased the movie for doing it, and I'm so glad because that movie was awesome. Right, and they've done it all, guys. They've done everything from Jennifer's Body to Lake Placid to uh, all other sorts of just films where you're just like. Yeah, that is pretty well loved, but you kind of forget because like those who like are like like swear by the you know meter on the Rotten Tomatoes side are like, oh, it was never good. And then there's others like I've seen it, I've owned it, I've seen it every time it's on TV. It's easy going junk food. Why is this bad? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is a nice change of pace for us. We only do movies that are under 50 in both audience and critics. So this is cool doing a movie that's like well known to be a very very good movie and everything it was, it was a lot of fun uh watching this and getting ready for this yeah 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 so before we started i was just like yeah what's a movie you, you guys just swear by and, and robocop was one of the many options and i was like okay perfect so for this i just figured that that'd be the perfect way to start off just alternate versions of and so forth and more recently arrow uh released the complete uncut version and like uh, so for the longest time yes uh robocop was very much as a cool parallel to start this off was much like scarface where it had to be resubmitted multiple times and people were always like where can i get the x-ray version you know because usually when you think of the x you're like oh it was graphic and dialogue or sexual content is like no no it's nothing pornographic it's just it's very gory and given paul verhoeven's you know dutch culture and how satirical he is if you watch his native language movies which are very good uh uh, you know flesh and blood and the fourth man are great and early roles for the likes of Rutgerd howard and he's still currently working but yeah robocop is what got him on the scene and i think as we all know it's a satirical movie but you know the dumb crowd just sees a very well done action movie the rest of us see a very emotional darkly amusing and clever you know cyberpunk you know tell um what was your introduction to it you too. I probably watched it first as a, I don't know, probably a, a young child that was probably too young to be watching That's this. Very <laughs> common. Oh, so it I, can't I was, be too good. It's GI Joe. Yay. Right, exactly. So I was definitely renting it on a VHS from Blockbuster, and <laughs> no warnings. Was I mean, it was awesome, right? I mean, it's. Did you mean as Robocop as, free? You can see that. <laughs> no, I want to see the OG, the one that's legit good. That that yeah, would be exactly. a fun one for you guys to do on your show, Robocop Free. Is it good or bad? Oh, we'll check that out. I forget that one. <laughs> I love how the DVD has like one of the few good 
like reviews uh hell i'll wrap commit a few other ones for you guys to do that are often pretty well liked but just still have a shitty like rating <laughs> but it's totally as you said like i feel like as a kid i enjoyed it just because it was this badass awesome really well done action movie and then you like as you grow with the movie you're like oh this is actually so much more than that uh it is you know an awesome badass action movie but it's also this like kind of really complex critique of of government and and politics and the you know the economic interaction between government and crime and right there's just a lot there that you don't you don't need to see to enjoy but it just you, you can watch it in a number and enjoy it in a number of different ways a thousand percent and it's funny when you some adults don't even get it i i brought that up to mom you know you do realize that's a metaphor for jesus christ she's like no i thought he just got murdered it's like well notice how he's yeah. holding it up it's just a visual cue <laughs> so yeah it's some i people, thought it was a uh, verhoeven wanted it to show like satan killing jesus christ in that scene where uh where murphy uh, my, my intro to it, I think, I wasn't allowed to see it when it came out. What was it, 87? Yeah, it was same. Was I had to watch it on, like, edited DVDs and, you know, TV versions. And still a pretty cool movie regardless, but it's just, you know, keep it in mind. And how unfortunate that my intro, you know, I would always see parts of, you know, part two on TV. And it, it just can't hold a candle. <laughs> it takes itself way too serious. And you're just like, I prefer the first one. And it's a shame because you look at Robocop as a whole and it's like, uh, you know, People are divided on the remake. I thought the Prime Directive Sci-Fi Channel miniseries was kind of underrated. It's just people shit on it nowadays because, you know, it is Canadian, a low-budget Canadian gem. But, uh, I mean, it's lived on with comics. And it crossed over with The Terminator, which was an epic comic for me to read growing up. Yeah, I, I had um, seen, I just started watching the, there's like a, like a two and a half hour behind the scenes on uh, YouTube of this movie. Um, and they said how the writers uh, of the movie refu- didn't watch like Terminator had come out around the same time that they were writing the script, and they yeah. didn't want to be they didn't want to be influenced by um, the writing of T two because it's another like uh, post apocalyptic type sort of like dystopian world where um, yep. there's a there's a, a robot who's who's basically Clint Eastwood doing doing his thing, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they waited till they finished writing it to go see Terminator, which I thought was pretty cool to have that sort of restraint so they didn't end up taking anything from the Terminator. Yeah, they used like maybe one Blade Runner visual cue or mm-hmm. segment, but that's it. You know, it's its own deal. Um, so, yeah, it had to be resubmitted. It originally got an X by the MPAA. Uh, was it eight? Was it eight times? I think it got X'd. I think so. I don't, uh, you know, with Scarface, it was about four times, although that was ironic because basically it's like De Palma was just noticing they were getting like stuck up with the dialogue, but they kept submitting it for the rating uh, for the violence. And I find it cool because much like the Blu-ray for that, where uh, they've uh, allowed a lot of uh, special features where you can turn on a kill counter or you know cursing <laughs> counter. They also allow you to go to individual scenes where you can see the cheesy TV edits in individual scenes. You can pause the movie and go to that scene. And they've done that with the Arrow Blu-ray as well with this Robocop. You know, it's uncut version, remastered, new version, remastered as best as possible. And, and not new, the, the, the original version. And uh, it will allow you to jump to t- cheesy TV edits, you know, where they cut away from people being run over or 
you know. Uh, from from what I read, it was um, it was the boardroom scene with Ed two hundred nine. That yeah, was a big that was problem. always because you can have you can show a bunch of people getting killed in like a the coke den with the you know the Italian mafia whatever. But once it got to the boardroom, it was too real for the. Executives. I think it was just very. It was pretty intense for me as a kid, even seeing it modified. I think it's just the foley and just the intensity of it all. But it does kind of almost have a Cronenberg scanners segment. And then the rest of the time, it's, yeah, just someone briefly showing cleavage in a scene and then just everyone cursing in every other scene, even though it's not, you know, to call it gratuitous is like to just not get the point of Verhoeven. But uh, with Scarface, it was a fun parallel because it's like they weren't disgusted by anything else, which involves, you know, incest and uh, people at a strip club. But they noticed it just it was just the final shootout in scarface that was just getting that rating and so the poma kept doing different edits and then finally uh like uh i think he changed like one different segment and he put all the violence that had gotten the x rating back and they didn't flinch that time because it was like the third time it had been like re-rated it's like so ridiculous <laughs> and it, it just kind of makes you wonder like what is you know getting the rating in the first place are they just you know <laughs> it, wigging out or what <laughs> I, I i especially like that first opening scene or the the scene that that was so much of a problem for the ratings with the, the boardroom scenes that i'm always a fan of movies that just set you off on the right foot and that scene when that scene happens because it is so it the, the juxtaposition of like the staid quiet traditional boardroom of buttoned up and then this thing comes in and just was really brutally murders this you know yeah. board guy vr game and vr demonstration <laughs> yeah exactly and it's it it just right off the bat you're like like buckle up this is this movie is pulling no punches i love that part of that scene where uh you know he puts the gun down and everyone's laughing and then it keeps counting down and everyone just has the same reaction of just like yep. oh shit <laughs> yeah and all the other boardroom people just getting him away from the, them and just not wanting to deal with the problems that he's dealing with it just pushing him away like pit fighter it was awesome oh totally and, man uh it's just so wild house you know if you don't know kurtwood smith for this and just other movies or even that Sunday show you know him definitely as the villain on this you know <laughs> yeah he's an, an amazing Boniker, man. villain Clarence Boddicker. Um, I can't believe he didn't have even more of an illustrious career as a villain. Well, he has. He's, he's been just in Fortress. He's been in, I think, or you remember him in A Time to Kill? Mm-hmm. He's the main KKK member. Is he the but, clan? The clan yeah. member? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the rest of the time, he's often playing a military or, you know, Washington advisor guy. But he's, uh, he's in that one cool Star Trek Voyager time travel two-parter. But, yeah. And I like uh, some of the stuff in the movie was improvised by him. Uh, like, oh, the, I, it had to be, yeah, because yeah. it's just so the, intense. And the spitting on the on the on the desk when he got when he was getting booked, like spitting blood, was him. <laughs> uh, so was the gum on the security, uh, the secretary's uh, little like nameplate. Which oh, I love that. Day, that secretary became his wife. Wow! So it worked. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> I, I that scene was Pick up line. It was, it was just no, I'm not lying. That, that they got married. I think they had a. I don't know if they're still married, but they had a long marriage. Yeah, the like That's awesome. 
the extreme <laughs> confidence that was exhibited in that. You know, not only is this guy like kind of an ugly dude to begin with, he's like covered in scabs and scars and like actively bleeding and then takes his gum yeah. and is just like, like really laying it on thick with this woman and then sticks it on her desk and says, you can keep the gum. It's like the, the, yeah. just the confidence just oozing out of this guy. was, And amazing. the production values are so good and everyone is so consistent with the tone of it. It just, and it's just a shame that again, you know, Sony and uh, you know, all the other execs, you know, would be looking at Rehoboth and they would be taking it at face value. And it's like, no, you know, obviously there's always going to be people who don't know, but it's the satire, guys. It is a violent, you know, live action cartoon with some heart and emotion on occasion, just for dramatic effect. But at the end of the day, you're going to laugh at this just as wickedly as you would at some Joe Dante horror movie, you know, or be creeped out like you would at a Cronenberg, you know, B picture. You know, it is interesting just seeing how the content does kind of make the movie, you know, and to describe it, just nothing does it justice, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's nice how they're able to, to, they're able to, they're able to sort of like weave all that violence and uh, the subplots and the satire in with just hilarious lines throughout the movie too. Absolutely. And it's, it's done with, like you say, it's not done soullessly. It's done so inner, it intersects so well without feeling like, too many cooks in the kitchen or something and uh looking at reviews of the blu-ray it seems like a lot of them were noticing they did that they, they had to be very meticulous about remastering you know the unrated version because for the longest time you only saw it on amazon prime you guys saw your version on tubi but it was the longest time that was where a lot of people were seeing it who couldn't find the sold out dvd uh and uh, they, you know, to restore the elements and match it up with the frames they they really had to remaster the elements because the work print and actual elements were very limited so they were able to use a lot of special hd enhancement to make the process not seem noticeable but yeah the the network tv versions are even more funny because yeah it's just one brief moment and everyone freaks out and when the rest of the time it's it's pretty just straightforward you know gunplay did you watch any of the other TV versions before? Like, I remember back in the day, they used to, um, at, um, you know, throw words in there that didn't exist instead of like, <laughs> yeah, you know I've what seen... I mean? They would change it to like butthead or something like that. Yeah, I, I've seen YouTube compilations. And the reason they all vary is they even just like, sometimes they do like just brief fade ins. You're like, just so you can't see the ma mouse moving is like, that's pretty choppy editing that wouldn't fly today. But yeah, lo local stations would do it. They just wanted to, they could literally have just redubbed the dialogue or something. But yeah, it's it's just a tough nut to crack. I don't even really see it all aired all that much on cable TV nowadays, uh, you know, unless it's- No, it used to be on all the time. Back in Boston, they had uh, WSBK TV 38 and it was like a special. We were always at like a weekend at around two, RoboCop is coming on. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Not anymore though, you're right. Although I don't even know how to put channels anymore, so who knows if it's on? <laughs> no, I, trust me, I, I've been I've been studying it, and <laughs> uh, it, it, if anything, part two or three would come on WGN or the Spanish channel, and you're like, uh, I got better things to watch. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is allowed on your show, but uh, do you have a favorite commercial that they aired, or like bit one of the either uh, news at a news segment, or uh, you know. One of the 
earlier reports when he he's first out and about you know stopping muggers is kind of funny uh but i mean uh, my sister and i will commonly just say i buy that for a dollar because we know all about yeah that. <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's for better or worse one of the lines that i feel like has lived on the most from this movie like you still hear yeah. people make that reference uh people just get the whole commercialism i like how free guy and even gremlins do similar moments you know <laughs> yep and it just yeah, it's those, so the, easy the, to make fun of news business. clips the news clips were amazing as were all the little ads for the game like nukem and, and these nukem was things. the best that was incredible yeah. it was so <laughs> so good <laughs> uh, but yeah the uh the new segments of just like oh some uh space station tried to boot up and killed 113 people in santa barbara including two former presidents amazing <laughs> <laughs> right oh man and i think i think they also referred to that like space laser as the peace platform because that was a great <laughs> little touch <laughs> right <laughs> Yeah, the, the the verbiage of this is so great too because I think it kind of capitalizes on like, you know, what George Carlin used to make fun of and just sort of like changing what the words mean but not the action. So like, Ed Two Hundred Nine's job was urban pacification, which was just like, just let's kill a bunch of people in poor districts. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's some. It's just wild all the places they filmed it. I, I know they filmed part of it in Dallas at one point due to tax cuts, and it's like. The, it's supposed to be like a mirror of like a Detroit type city or something like that. You know? Yeah. Uh, Detroit didn't have the layout for the buildings of like futuristic stuff that they wanted, I guess. So that's why they, uh, but Dallas had like some cool buildings and a lot of open spaces uh, with the deep LMS part of, uh, of Dallas. They did some recording there with like the warehouse stuff. Right. Uh, I think they also filmed in Pittsburgh too. I, I believe it. And it's, <laughs> like you say it's just interesting to seeing how uh yeah it just <laughs> these small edits these uh and uh stuff just uh, some people just think it just makes a difference but yeah i i, I do think it's funny how like, like you mentioned earlier how uh the george carlin's you know seven dirty words i, I saw a cnn doc on comedy and you know like free uh quarters of them those words were actually able to be on bleeps you know they were allowed to say shit in the documentary <laughs> that's cable <laughs> and years ago oh you can't ever be heard saying that it's like it's just funny what just uh trips up some people <laughs> uh i did see a cool mgm uh hd uh that's a cool cable channel that shows stuff from the vault on there and that they played one of the feature ads and they didn't even give a rating. I think so many people are just done with it. It's like they're done just playing games and rating everything. <laughs> just played in the morning hours. No one complains. <laughs> Truth be told, I guess a lot of people who, you know, just uh, have, uh, you know, cable TV, they've already gone through all the whole loopholes. It's like uh, the minute you get to college, it's like that's that's on you. Just you can't be, you know. It depends on your parents as well, you know. <laughs> I had a pal who was allowed to see anything. Uh, just the only movie he could not bring, you know, his mom would give him money to, you know, for the video store, and he could bring back anything as long as it wasn't The Exorcist, you know, because <laughs> it creeped her out. <laughs> so it is funny just seeing just what trips up some people. <laughs> yeah, where where the line gets drawn is always an interesting question. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't allowed to see it. Uh, 
I, pr I probably first saw it for the first time as a TV editor. The first experience I had with it was um, a neighbor who had an older, there was an older brother over there who had seen it, but he also had like the video game on an old school platform. Of oh, wow. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, I think it was like either, I don't know if it's an NES or, or Genesis game too, but that was all my experiences before actually seeing the movie. Yeah, the, there was a lot. It was of... just known to be so violent, <laughs> like as a kid. It's tough to watch when you're five. Right. Isn't it funny how much like they were making toys of, you know, to R-rated movies like Terminator 2, Alien. Right. You'd have Alien. the toy of Robocop, but you haven't <laughs> seen the movie yet. <laughs> yeah, they, they were so cool with all those giant cannons and everything. And same thing with the games. The games are going to be either E or T because there's, you know, animated violence, but very rarely bloody results. Uh, I know there was like a GameCube game and it, uh, it got like just terrible ratings because like apparently uh just like uh it, it just had choppy ai and it was messy so <laughs> and even in the movie right with the robocop mimicking the moves and lines off of tv like that sort of brings in the whole sort of like childlike element of this is this is playing this is this is not real this is for fun but then he's like blasting people away <laughs> As, right. Uh, pretend it's TJ laser moves. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Oh man, and, and it just ha it happens with just like so many other different movies and shows, and it does make you wish that for the longest time you could get those you know alternate versions on TV, you know, on home video. But it's just you know no one made the time for it. They're like, hey, they want to see it. Let's show it to them on cut. You know. I'm, I think I'm it was surprised. I'm glad the sorry. No, go ahead. I'm just saying I'm glad the first version I saw when I was probably eight or nine was was the TV version. Probably would have been too much for me to see the unrated or the other versions, the non-made for TV. Yeah, I would definitely wow. see parts of it on HBO or Cinemax when I was way too young, and it freaked me out uh, when Murphy. Yeah, yeah, it would have been too much for sure. Like I watched that. Oh, I, I put the first part on with my wife with the Ed 209 part, and she was just like, Jesus. Like it was like <laughs> <laughs> she was taken aback. So I can't imagine like eight-year-olds trying to watch the unrated version like uh, a sliding doors uh grove street moment who knows what bob we'd have right now if uh you had seen the other version right yeah, yeah. i'm sure i think i would be living on the streets and life would be different <laughs> <laughs> and it's just wild how like just certain like i was even told this with certain movies i have to rewatch like uh just like how uh, there's like slight, like slightly extra seconds that do actually like change the course of a movie, and you're like, really? How can it be that fast? But apparently, it is a thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I was told that with the descent, like there's like five seconds more in the ending, and that changes like the course of the whole movie, let alone the tone. I'm like, well, I guess I'll rewatch it one more time because the other version I saw was like the theatrical, and that's why it wasn't as good. <laughs> and, I think yeah, if I were gonna. If, if I were going to cut out a scene and, and I was like, you know, thinking I'm, I'm going to show this to my child, what, what brief scene do I need to cut out? I think I would cut out the scene um, where one of the guys in the gang is peeing inside the factory. Because I feel like <laughs> you don't want to show a child someone peeing indoors, on, like not in a bathroom. Right. I, and that's, we're just saying that's the only thing that like, I wouldn't want. Yeah, because everyone's different. Some kids can handle violent movies because they, you know, they yeah. have a cartoonish sense of the world and they know it's fantasy and there's others like yeah no wait till you're at least you know 14 15 you know 
We'll return after these messages. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, <laughs> not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Cool thing about Blind Knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the U.S. We are in the U.K. We are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. Blindknowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. Dragon Ball Z, One Piece, Naruto, all things that we love, all manga that were originally published in the legendary magazine Weekly Shonen Jump. But not every series can run for 300 chapters and have a hit anime. This is David. This is Jordan. We're the hosts of Shonen Flop. Each episode, we look at manga that ran and jumped that didn't quite make it. We discuss what it did wrong, what it did right, how the series could have turned itself around, and ultimately, was it a flop or not? Run all your favorite podcast apps, and you can find us at shonenflop.com. Keep on flopping, floppers. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll show my, my my young child Murphy's hand getting blown off, but I don't want to see him. I don't want him to see someone peeing in, indoors on like a wall or something because then right, all of a sudden your kid's peeing on the peeing on the chair on the couch. Yeah, you know, like, well, I saw it on Robocop. Right, so. it's funny we're seeing the bad guy do something bad, so we know okay that bad. But if we see him misbehaving, this, I know this is out of left field, but uh, I'm not sure there's a better scene than. Robocop throwing Bodinger through like five different plates of glass. <laughs> I don't know if it's like if it changes in the uncut versions or whatever. No, no, because you literally can't. You can't change it at all. It's like so vital. There's some dialogue or, uh, but maybe there might be two different like, uh, you know, close ups of the blood on his face, but it's not, you know, vast enough, like, you know, an impelment or anything that would, you know, affect the right. rating i don't think but yeah so like pretty much it's murphy's death and the opening massacre by a 209 that really affects the rating and i guess you could say the dispatching of the henchmen especially because the shooting of the mugger in the nuts is supposed to be oh, hysterical <laughs> i'll notify i've notified the uh rape crisis center for you uh, that whole oh, yeah. right <laughs> Oh, it it's just wild how it's just uh there's even just so many other just like extended cuts and just different movies and shows and it makes you wonder why they even like film it is like they just want there's even other movies that there's been an unrated version but people forget <laughs> i'm surprised just, more streaming services don't offer up both 
the, the ability to watch different cuts and the sort of like the featurettes and things that would be on a DVD or on a Blu-ray that used to be great when you would buy that. And all this, yeah, all this was, content there was, is out there. There were so many DVD. I mean, I, you know, as a former uh, movie store clerk, there were so many DVDs out there with such great bonus features. It's, it is funny. You're right. That like, you can't order these movies sometimes on, on like prime or whatever and get some of these like director's cuts and little Easter eggs and uh, commentary and stuff. That'd be cool. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because all these streaming services are always so hungry for content. They and they this already exists. Uh, basically, they just couldn't predict it, but at the same time, it's like they uh, they they just knew it was going to get intense or some shit. But they uh, they uh, to even have different features and have to buy the same movie like three different times for the extended or you know the unrated is also just like a hassle and then like you say yep. they're all collector's items so unless you are a hardcore fan of the movie there's really no reason to get it you know and yep. you know not everyone has 500 bucks you know around for movies you know <laughs> <laughs> oh man now if you had a safe would you hide would you hide it under a pyramid of mill light cans I wouldn't use empty ones because I feel like those get knocked over so easily. It's <laughs> uh, a good question because, yeah, I just. <laughs> I mean, no, but yeah, it's like, what if somebody comes in and wants to buy all those? It, it seems like, I mean, Miller, Miller Light's good. Good enough. <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of singles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it clearly wasn't much of a secret. Also, did did the um the other versions of um of RoboCop do the toxic waste of meal scene differently? Because I think yeah, that's one TV, of the most... they would cut away differently or use an alternate frame. You know, when he's fighting the now mutant version of that henchman. Yeah, <laughs> that that just giant vat labeled toxic waste too is so great. <laughs> It was such an 80s thing. Just the like, 80s things were just so waste. many vats. Yeah, so many vats yeah. of toxic waste. You know, that's how the Joker happened in the original uh, Batman. He just fell into some toxic waste and out comes some other version of you. <laughs> it's a dangerous time to be alive, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty dangerous. And it's just interesting just seeing how, you know, even just slight changes in dialogue and everything, uh, I'm. I always look for. I make it a habit of even getting region-free, uh, you know, foreign Blu-rays of certain movies because, uh, you know, it does enhance the experience and give a different perspective. I, uh, had the uncut version Johnny Mnemonic, way better movie than if you see the. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. I think that qualifies for our pod, by the way. It does. It does, I, but. It's on another like list. To see the uncut I, 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 yeah, you you can get the German Blu-ray. You know, I, I think uh, one of the other U.S. distributors are working on it, but like it's rescored, re-edited. You actually know why the villains are trying to kill him instead of just like what's going on. Yeah, because I, I, I watched the, the standard version. I don't know a few months ago, and it was I was I, like I watched a lot of movies, and I feel like I'm pretty good at watching movies, and I was very confused. I think and, you're a very yeah. good movie watcher, and if you're confused, I think it's the movie's fault. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. Because, and, and the problem is, if you see again just a 
different version of the movie and it leaves a bad you know taste in your mouth you're just you know and it was always one of those growing up i'm like i feel like there's a good movie in there somewhere but the one i'm seeing yep. is just very junky you know and so yeah it's just interesting what uh stuff you can find that really does enhance it <laughs> It's crazy, especially those instances where it's such a better movie when there's another cut, yet that's not the movie that was broadly released. It's like it just yeah. makes me really think what you know, how flawed is the process, whatever the studio process is that gets you to a point where this just incomprehensible movie or a movie that just doesn't hit as hard as whatever the other alternate cuts are, you know, how could you possibly have trusted a process that led you to that? Absolutely. Did the director's you know just say no too many times and get fired or was it always going to be that way where the producer's like i got to have final control a good final say <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you what i'll email the uncut version of it to you <laughs> oh nice Sweet. Well, that'll probably make it on our pod that's awesome okay even better <laughs> uh, but because yeah there were others who were like oh no i i, I can't I, that movie was a chore i'm like i'm telling you it's a different movie <laughs> yeah yeah, we just did uh, our first Blumhouse movie the other day, and I think so many of those movies come out so just the, the viewpoint of the, of the directors are always so clear because they give directors final say in what the movie looks like. And that's right. like, seems to be a winning formula. I don't know why everyone doesn't stick with that. Yeah, and it, it, it's just... <laughs> uh, Some notes are good. Like, I, I, like, uh, I agree uh stand that like it's great to have the director have their view but some notes work out like i know this movie they didn't have uh bottinger and um jones what is it dick jones yeah yeah yeah, dick yeah jones. they didn't have them linked initially in the story they were just you know separate entities but then they brought them together be like oh yeah let's have Bottinger clarence work for dick jones and that was a note from orion uh, which is pretty cool because usually you don't get good notes from the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's, you know, less of this, less of that. And yeah, sometimes it's like Michael Cimino, like there's different versions of Heaven's Gate, you know, in some of his other movies, but he got a big ego because he started out as an award winner. And so then next thing you know, you know, you know, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it, it is just interesting to seeing how the course of something could change and because like you say yes the studio's ex often you know as george lucas has often said himself is like filmmakers aren't you know you know aren't studio guys <laughs> studio guys aren't filmmakers you know and it's interesting to see how uh, you know sometimes the notes just don't make any sense like we want a talking cat here we want to you know <laughs> some in-movie advertising that doesn't help the movie. Yeah, it's because... like Wayne's World, right? Like when he's like, oh, we have to add a hot chick to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, it's not, you can't really work that in. <laughs> oh, man. Um, where does the 6,000 SUX stand up in your fake cars uh, pantheon? Oh, too easy to explode, I think. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i mean it works because it is satirical but yeah it, there are other moments it, it's funny how i don't really see anyone complain about any of the physics or anything in this because they like how it's fleshed out uh but yeah uh it, it, it would be a pro it's just awesome seeing how this movie has stuff that would be problematic in a different movie with a different filmmaker and a different tone you know <laughs> 
<laughs> any other movie it would have probably been a canon films you know <laughs> type movie which yeah it's cool this movie. movie was supposed to be like a low budget sci-fi kind of like nothing movie and then it just like blew up into this i mean there's three robocops i mean, kind of like the terminator they thought it was yeah. just going to be easy yeah. tax right off not even make any money and it got lukewarm to decent reviews and made its money back and even though it had a limited run so it's just it's like there's just I don't even know why some people want something to just not be good I mean and even if they don't have any faith in the project why not you know again promote it so you can make your money back instead of have to you know pay your investors back out of your own pocket <laughs> yeah it's weird that like studios try to distance themselves before it even comes out it's like you would think you'd want to yeah <laughs> Uh, all the time I would see TV shows that were canceled and you see sketchy stuff like the uh, roll, uh, payroll would close its doors so they wouldn't have to pay extras, especially if they got word that something had been canceled. It's like, geez, you know, the cost of doing business really is significant, you know. <laughs> uh, some people just don't want to be honest. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, so you brought up some good points on just how you could introduce this movie to other people and how just, uh, are there any other movies that you think just kind of, that just should never be on network TV just because each time people try to modify it, they just make it look worse or unintentionally funny? <laughs> I think that happens with like already comedy movies when they change... Um, oh yeah um, comedy is pretty bad uh some segments they'll skip all together and so someone will bring that up at work and you're like what segment are you talking about oh <laughs> you saw the tvs spike tv version okay got it and it's funny how cable tv they want to modify every general movie just so that most people can access it and then uh you know nighttime it's just hit and miss sometimes they play it on cut like colony central after midnight other times they don't but uh, yeah the tv shows they'll often let them play uncut but even usa network was a little confusing they would play versions of the center or treadstone modified where they just would bleep out the language even though the sex and violence was blurring that line you know between but you're right like those networks it's so funny when you catch one of these type of movies and maybe you catch it during the day and it's one movie and then somehow you catch like comedy central usa or some other network that wasn't hbo or premiere and it would somehow be the actual version from like from the dvd and it would just be like mind-blowing you like you thought you thought right. you found this because yeah. robocop came at midnight and you got to see everything bingo and uh, that, that was the kind of the wild thing too is like they, they would premiere on the movie channels like months before they went to the video store even though they weren't like originals by the channel they just wanted you know to be the first to premiere that was their bragging rights and and so then it just kind of blurred that line it's like okay well i guess it's made for tv because it you know it wasn't it wasn't released to video first or the theaters <laughs> it was premiered on the movie channel um uh all together yeah uh early tarantino you just can't do uh, i think i was, I was thinking that I was thinking the same thing, like pretty anything Tarantino, because I, I think it uh, comes the up. The latest ones, I didn't really notice too much difference with Inglorious Bastards. It actually trims it down a lot, but Django would be interesting. I'm not sure how that works. Uh, I feel like Kill Bill, <laughs> the, the, the Kill Bill movies are on a bit. Kill Bill, you kind of get the gist of. They just edit the license plate and <laughs> insults a bit, but it's the <laughs> same basic movie. And he yeah, did it himself by making it black and white for that crazy 88 scene. 
Yeah, yes, he did. Uh, he had fun with that when he, uh, I know Scorsese, you know, oversees everything. He makes his blood, you know, it's kind of, he kind of pulls the Lord of the Rings where he makes all the blood black, where if it were, you know, rapid red, like a gladiator movie or a kingdom of heaven film, it would be R. you know, <laughs> we just, we just did that with, oh man, what was the last movie we did? Black Christmas. Black yes. Christmas. That yes, 2019. Uh, they make all the blood black so that it could be a PG-13 movie. Right. It's funny how that changed is I would see TV shows do that too. And then there's even just, again, just it's interesting just seeing what, uh, why do you think it is that based on the format, like determines everything, like stuff that would get an R or very hard PG-13, like Minority Report or (laughs) Lord of the Rings, you know, gets a TV-14 rating on, you know, a typical primetime tv show like x-files or 24 csi (laughs) it's like it's the time zone half the time and other times it's like it makes you just wonder could they have just had a pg-15 you know (laughs) because there's plenty of movies that are r but just because they say the f word three times in one scene or like you say just it's not like robocop like where it's explosive but there's like just free uh, gunshots that just didn't sit well with someone but the rest of the movie is pretty tame so yeah. it's just like it, it's also the evolution of the rating system because you know you go back to movies like jaws is the famous example it's a pg movie oh uh, totally <laughs> yeah you see you want to talk even foreign cuts you get the transporter or taken blu-rays on cut like the on-rated versions it's the you know french version and you can actually see the fight scenes more coherently and they have shotgun blasts that would totally have gotten an R, you know, and just off-color dialogue and sexual innuendos. So it's like, yeah, it's wild how they had to speed these movies up and CGI, like, remove the blood and shots of drug victims just to get PG-13s in the States for either of those Luke Besson films. <laughs> and then uh, that was, it's just wild. And in many ways, I actually think those are actually better versions. Like, you could even say that about the first alien versus predator you actually get some more plot lines instead of the junkie movie it's still a c movie but it's just it, it's wild what stuff is very significantly different and other stuff like you can actually see what's going on but i don't even I know, know. You, I know you can see it like in the same movie in from different dvds across the the world but it's also funny seeing different genres of movies from different parts of the world so you different get genres yeah south korean horror world or japanese horror there are lines that they cross that would, <laughs> would not be okay in it wouldn't in, even get an x rating it just would yeah not. the whole like revenge trilogy um in south korea like um uh, i forget the name of the oh uh, old boy oh boy yep yeah. exactly those yeah, but that, that whole genre exactly <laughs> they would have to be released on rated at an art house theater you know yeah it's yep. Some there it's just like nah, it's just an R movie, man. It's moving along. Yeah, I, I did. You ever see the original like Dawn of the Dead at a video store, and they would always say like, you know, seventeen only. Yeah, yep. It's just funny. It's like it was released R, but you know they didn't restrict it as back then during the drive-in scene until like the eighties and nineties, where they would pull a Charlie Band and they'd re-release a movie with different cuts, you know, just to get their money back and. And now people caught on to it, and that's when home video took over, and it was harder to distribute independent movies. So it's just, it is funny how, like you say, it's just, <laughs> it's, no one could predict it. And 
yet here we are now where we're just having to always argue about hey watch that version of the movie it makes better sense i i saw i waited to see the wolverine on cut and you know i didn't have blu-ray back then so i just you know bought it through itunes and we saw it on cut there it was a way different movie but it's just it would have gotten an r you know had they released it that way just because it has you know just like three more arrows to the face and three f three extra f-bombs you know <laughs> But, It'd be cool if, and like content's obviously very, very difficult or impossible to sort of grade across different films and, and TV shows. But it would be cool to see like the evolution of a P, of a PG thirteen rating or an R rating over yeah. time. What that reflects about society and what society and how Spielberg is. is like the only one who can like complain because it's like he started it up because he was tired of having to deal with that process. Like Temple of Doom and. Last Crusade would probably be R if they were made by anybody else, you know, <laughs> but because, you know, it's fantasy and adventure and, uh, you know, they're able to appeal. Uh, there, there are some other ones. Uh, a lot of people in the UK got a different version of Coulson's death. So it made, so they were even more confused when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came out because they're like, I saw, you know, five extra frames of him being stabbed by Loki. Yeah. <laughs> He he did, you know, while in the US it's ambiguous. You're like, I think he's okay. I didn't see any detail. Um, but yeah, that freaked him out. And it's just five seconds of a frame approximately that you gotta cut. Um uh, Transformers, believe it or not, almost got an R just for that end sequence. It was too intense. And I saw my mother and father uh uncle overreacting to that. I'm like, seriously? I mean, <laughs> even when it's you know not very sympathetic, uh you know, like other Michael Bay or Roland Emmerich movies where millions of people died off screen via the Death Star type moment, you know, a Statue of Liberty. It, it is interesting. It's like that was like left to the imagination. So I, I think half the time it is someone has just a very vivid imagination. You're like, you got that from this? That, no. <laughs> and uh, I know Spielberg did allow his war movies to be on cut on, you know, like Saving Private Ryan got and Schindler's List got played on cut on ABC and NBC like for years on on the states and it was kind of like PBS where there's like your discretion advised you know played at 10 o'clock you know yep uh I still see Private Ryan often modified they leave the violence on cut but they you know leave out some of the language you know the foobar uh Schindler's List I did see Uncut on USA Network for like its 20th anniversary. And it was so cool because they were promoting the Blu-ray that had come out with a documentary on the Jewish museum that the film helped fund. But even though they kept claiming, oh, it's Uncut, they still, there was moments where it's like, there's some partial boob nudity that they're censoring. I'm like, guys, I, <laughs> that's like the least offensive thing in this movie. But that's and the stuff that resonates. I remember being a kid and I would watch all these like horrific uh, violent movies like Scar Scarface and Robocop. Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> I put on, uh, not Time Cop. What's a Stallone cop movie? That's my first part. Oh, uh, Demolition Sharon Man. Stone. Sorry? Demolition Man? No. Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. Oh, the specialist. Oh, the yeah. specialist. Yeah. <laughs> I had watched like so many action movies. I've seen hundreds of people die when I was a kid, pretend, but there's like, you know, a shower boob scene, and my, my dad races over and covers my eyes. It's <laughs> like the that one thing they don't want not anyone seeing, to get. like somebody blow up in front of me. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, it's like, and then no, never mind. And there's some movies where it's like they're so cartoonish that to even get offended by them, like I'm 
if anyone's watching Tango and Cash, I'm just like, have fun. <laughs> it, to, for anyone to take any of those seriously, you know, you have to be like a really brainwashed toxic male, you know, <laughs> or, or maybe one of the bad guys in the, on screen, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then there are other ones where, like, like I say, is like, you you were offended by someone snorting drugs, really? Yeah, <laughs> but millions of people dying that wasn't oh, those goes up on the ratings where it says like alcohol use <laughs> that shows up or smoking <laughs> yeah that they, they freak out about that even though you're gonna see that on like a millennium or law and order episode <laughs> yeah it's just interesting seeing what uh offends at certain times of the day i even see earlier law and order episodes where they censor out certain crime scene photos <laughs> like wow <laughs> and just uh I don't know. And some stuff today just wouldn't offend us nowadays just because we're so used to the news cycle. But there are other ones where it's like, yeah, it's just even though you don't see anything, it's just, you know, it. some of it's even more questionable when it has actual culturally significant or historical content. It's like, well, you should see this because it is vital. It is important. But at the same time, it's going to wipe you out. So, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I've, the most R-rated stuff that got smuggled past me when I was growing up was probably Monty Python. Cause you're just like, you know, the, the intent is clear, you know? And then there's other ones where it's like, yeah. And there are other ones where it's, it's, is amazing how it's like that three year difference does actually make a difference in your maturity. And actually you're not laughing at, you know, uh, I was one of the few kids in my school who, you know, when I was watching, you know, some of these mature cartoons, you know, I was actually getting it. I was laughing at it. And as opposed to the other guys who were just laughing at it because it's naughty. You know, I heard five F words, you know, it's like, well, you're not getting the essence of it, you know, of the South Park Family Guy cartoon. <laughs> uh, it actually would actually freak my dad out when he would actually find out, wait, teens are allowed to watch that? I thought we were just watching with you because, you know, wow blows my mind and so you know it's wild because i'd be watching with him on tv and he just wouldn't flinch an eye like all those spaghetti westerns and james bond movies and family guy like that no that's not for kids that's a lot <laughs> that's on network tv oh wow hmm kids <laughs> i like some of the some of like the gamesmanship too that would go on between directors and, and the ratings agencies too where they try to like put worse things in so that they could have some like horse trading that could go on. Like, did you hear about the the Van Damme Street Fighter? No, what was that one? Okay, so basically the filming behind the scenes, it almost rivals Apocalypse Now, where it's just very hectic behind the scenes. Uh, The stunt coordinator, uh, Chuck Baserni, hates director Steven E. D'Souza making his debut, you know, him for his work writing 48 Hours and Die Hard. Yep. And it was just so funny. So the crew's not getting along. Uh, uh, Kylie Minogue and Van Damme are sleeping together offset. Uh, people are coming in late, high on drugs, and having to refigure out fight scenes and everything because they're having to go from different filming and they're getting weather difficulties. But then it finally gets to, you know, that they have a bunch of shootouts. The MPAA, you know, cries murder, cut that out, you know, <laughs> or it's going to get an R. Uh, they cut out those violent fight scenes, you know, you know, or anything that just has blood or gunshot, uh, you know, impact, and they get a G. <laughs> and so then you're just like, 
how jaded are you guys? So then they just refilm one extra fight scene with Van Damme and he improvises a F word. (laughs) And and then it finally gets that desired PG-13. So it's wild how they were aware of it back then. And yet somehow that must've just slipped into the 2000s. They must've just said, oh yeah, you know, because in between, I'm wondering what happened in between the Matrix sequels and Deadpool. Because I just keep, I keep seeing podcasters say, and reviewers say, oh, R-rated movies do make money. So I'm like, well, they always did. So who spread that falsehood? Oh, is that you know? a thing? R-rated movies don't make money? They, they just, uh, I, I think they must have been influenced by the studio who think it wouldn't make any money. They just weren't looking at the numbers of other stuff. It's like, I'm, you're going to see it if you like the movie. I, I would always see just about every Nightmare on Elm Street or Jeepers Creepers type movie was selling out theaters next door to kids movies and, you know, PG-13 stuff. There's other stuff. There's, I wonder how much of it is actually just the themes or content. Um, uh, I've heard that sometimes the sound of a neck snapping or the, uh, the knife impalement sound effect fully is just kind of what trips people up. Yeah, we just did uh, like we just said, Black Christmas, which is PG thirteen horror movie. Even though you're uh, you're hearing and seeing just about everything that would otherwise get an R, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And they did have a. We even made it a point, like the neck snapping scene has just so many sounds to it because they realized they already got in with the PG thirteen, I think. So they just try to like ramp up the neck snapping because they didn't show much gore. Yeah, man, it it was that neck snapping sound was worse than oh, like most gory be, scenes i've seen yeah that, i wonder that, how that much of it far. is just it freaks people out because uh, yeah it, it must just be just whoever the censors are i mean you see that even with uh video games they vary on what they show violence wise and you know sometimes the blood's not that bad and they give it a t and other times oh uh, i saw too much covering the screen it's got to get an m <laughs> Yeah, what the uh, the old NHL from Genesis in like '94 almost got an M because you could empty someone's head full of blood with a with a body check. <laughs> wow! And there was one wrestling game which I thought got a little graphic at age seven when I was playing it at. It wasn't even a friend's house; it was a douchebag who invited us over, and we found out the hard way. Oh, he's a douchebag from school, <laughs> and we're playing this violent wrestling game. I'm like, why are we here? <laughs> shouldn't even be playing this in front of them at <laughs> young age uh it gets even more wild how you know you'd play a game like mortal Kombat or halo and they would allow you to turn off the cursing or gore and made a totally different experience you know it's still you're oh, getting that's right mortal Kombat did have yep. that like setting right yeah and, and sometimes it would affect it and other times it's like no it's not bad and then you go to the arcades and you still see the blood but it wasn't as still wasn't as vast as you know later console versions ended up being <laughs> sometimes you'd see parents getting offended by it even when they didn't see anything it's just thrown shrunken you know at scorpion it was like it, it i don't know i it seems like with scorsese when he was making taxi driver just what they freaked out was just the color of the blood itself it was an argento film so that's part of the evolution of of the r i think the- so and the filter would look different you know with uh, we, we didn't know how it is nowadays with digital you know is that uh, uh when you're color correcting how that looks and everything it's just 
it's wild and it's wild how when i watch some primetime tv what 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 shows where i'm like that's okay that that can be handled by a 15 year old and ooh what they're implying there i really don't want anyone under 16 seeing that you know <laughs> or the first part of that episode was 13 that oh that violent climax would probably get an art it's just and then it gets even more weird since all these primetime shows that are playing in the evening are you know you'd see even naughtier snl skits that would be played you know that have bloopers and they'd be playing in the daytime and they'd have to censor that part you know on reruns oh it's so like you say it's a never-ending mess um uh any version of touch of evil which we'll review on here you know would probably be a PG-13, even though it's a very, very grim world. It's kind of the dark night of its day and age. And speaking of the dark night, there's so much violence in that, where it's like, that would have gone in an R, but because they flinch away from it and it's in your mind and enough pressure from Nolan and company saying this PG, this superhero movie must be PG-13. That's like the only compromise. I, I actually feel like a- you get you get kind of a pass, like you throw a cape on somebody. Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, this is this is so clearly make believe, or it just has to be, and you don't show blood, and all of a sudden you can do anything, or just show the impact. Like, it it just can't be just, you know, just you can show like surgical blood and a gunshot, like you see it in the Captain America films. You you even seen in the RoboCop remake. You know, it's just it's just it can't just be, you know. Uh, is that I RoboCop remake good? It's forty nine forty nine for Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I'd be happy to review it with you. I, it's my good. sister and I, saw it in theaters and we actually loved it. We we like it oh, like we. Cool. I, I like it like I love Training Day and Dread. Yeah, but that that was a deal breaker. Uh, there were so many other people who were never going to like it because the minute they heard remake, they were like, "Nope." And I was like, it, you know, considering all the trouble that guy who had done the Elite Squad films, uh. I think he had worked on City of God, if I'm not mistaken. Jose mm-hmm. Padilla. So yeah, I, I, I liked his take, how he basically same politics as Robocop. Imagine if it was in modern day, you know, with even more crooked, rampant type scandals, you know? <laughs> Have you seen uh, that, Steamer? I haven't. Yeah, yeah some people it found it forgettable, others found it decent, and some really hate it. I I, I really like it. I uh if you like the new planet of the apes movies or dread i think you would like this one just because it wasn't trying because like you say it wasn't trying to be like some of these horror movie remakes where you're like oh let's see how many stupid teens we can get in you know and get away with uh i don't think the studio cared no they didn't care at all but the filmmakers definitely had a vision you know that that's all i can ask for a different rehash you know it's like because you see so many others where it's like like with psycho 98 it's like why did they remake that they (laughs) right the same yeah. movie with more bizarre angles, more slightly graphic content, you know, big difference between that and Bates Motel where it's a reimagining, uh, you know, and everyone thought at first, oh, it's a prequel. It's like, no, here's our take on how Norman Bates grew up. We're going to do some nods to the original movie and then we're going to end the storyline after five years. <laughs> it, it is interesting how some of them get away with it, but it's just, it has to be like, I, like Better Call Saul is probably the most seen prequel slash spinoff, you know, <laughs> a Breaking Bad. It's just, it's interesting how, I, I think the reboot word has ruined it for a lot of people, you know, they hear reboot and they're like, 
oh great fuck this you know <laughs> they, i just watched the uh jay, jay and silent bob reboot and they went over the differences of reboot versus and see <laughs> and no one freaked about that because it was making fun of hollywood so it's like you have to i guess use certain keywords to avoid tripping up i guess your audience i i don't know what it is it's it seems like some people get the joke and then there's other ones where it's like i still see parents flipping out when oh my god deadpool's rated r i'm like well personally i see zero reason to be offended when every other commercial says rated r or has it in glowing giant yellow letters on a movie poster but even if you somehow miss that during a radio ad or what have you like what part of the trailer made you think that was for kids you know yeah i think some people don't even give it any thought they're like ah it's a comic book movie so i'll let my kids see it and they don't i think that's it because they must not be seeing much of it or they must be thinking oh it's brian reynolds he's funny and it's like well it'll and so yeah it is yeah no he is but i mean (laughs) it's it's kind of like do you want pg eddie murphy or do you want r-rated eddie murphy you know it's just uh do you want r-rated jack black or do you want pg 13 jack black you know it's it's all like you say is like they're not paying attention to the context or even the content uh i saw i had one of my aunts come in my mother had invited her to watch one of those dumb award shows and she someone was making a childbirth segment but she had come in midway through so she didn't get the context of it all and it's like okay they're, they're not even thinking talking about what you think they're talking about they're talking making fun of a movie scene that all these award winners know about so it's just yeah if you come in late on the joke you just got to move on because some people just don't want to do the research they they don't even want to get it they just want to kind of accept or reject you know that i even you you see other people who kind of just shun a movie just they look at the runtime you're like nope 200 hours three hours of my life nope don't want to do it that well to is- be fair i i did just recently watch terrifier one after all hallows eve and i saw that terrifier two is like two and a half hours so it has yeah. put me off a little bit from seeing it and i do remember <laughs> like those working at a video store and you see those like two vhs movies you're like oh god it's gonna take me a little while to watch green mile i have to have like a a whole day set aside for that right and yeah and if it is a four-hour director's cut then you got to make sure both tapes are in stock because then the (laughs) renter is going to want the second part or just not return the tape and then you're screwed because now everyone wants to see the extended cut um there's really no difference in content for the chronicles of riddick but uh, uh it's wild how the blood in that was black and yet, I guess there was like one decapitation, even without any blood, and they thought, oh, that'll probably give it an R, even though it was trying to be like Lord of the Rings. And so you just don't know if some people don't apply enough pressure or tell the movie guys, hey, you know, here's the reason of each rating. PG, you can have a few uses of shit or, you know, son of a bitch, uh, but it's uh, or even just mature content implication but it just can't you know involve you know an assault or uh something very too tragic that a pg audience would accept you know 13 same deal you know it can have mature subject matter it just can't have you know too much explicit dialogue or like you say just pornographic sex and violence you know so 
and then have the time they they seem to draw the line at uh like some explicit language is okay but yeah repetitions is not and it's like one more bj reference yeah. yeah, one more one more BJ reference and he's getting an X and but you yeah, can I think sh- it's like the key and peel like uh crotch thing. You can do like two crotch crotch thrusts, but you can't do three. Yeah. <laughs> like that makes it so you can't say the F word three times in a row, but you sparse it out between, you know, you right. You m- hour, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, you you mumble it in one take and then say yeah. it twice in one scene, you're you're okay. But uh yeah, and same thing with violence, like, oh well. Uh, and I would see that all the time where I'd see movies modified on TV. You pretty much saw the same scene. You just didn't see like blood on the windshield in the next take. It's literally like five second difference, but you still felt the impact or, you know, they cut away or they skip the scene altogether. Uh, it's funny how Total Recall premiered on AB- as an ABC movie of the, week, uh, of, of the year. And uh, they... <laughs> <laughs> they skip the one scene altogether where his coworkers are trying to kill him. And so you're like, how did he get away? <laughs> I always heard people talk about it. I'm like, yeah. this sounds like a hysterical version. I saw clips. I'm like, yeah. It's, just, uh, it's funny. The, the like censorship that people take upon themselves. I, I, I was a teacher for a long time and uh, they, some classrooms would show like the lion King and they would yeah. fast forward through Mufasa's death. Right. And you're like, well then like what is the point of the movie yeah it's yeah, like dancing like <laughs> nothing makes the sense time, you don't see where it starts yeah and it's already bad enough that schools would kind of abuse that privilege they wouldn't even let you finish the movie we had to skip through like stuff like crucible or even modified versions of glory or black oh, down always crucible that big <laughs> right and it's like <laughs> If I don't see the ending, then you pretty much have told me nothing this entire time. And same thing with, yeah, they would show G-rated or PG, you know, kids' movies. And you're like, you start, be... start Bambi 10 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, not not even ask the kids if their parents would allow them to watch this. And sometimes you'd get angry letters. I'm like, I don't like to show them cartoons. It melts their brains or, you know, shit like that. <laughs> uh, it just gets even just more annoying because you're just like, so who is it even for? You know, because it's going to show on TV because people want to show edgy content. Uh, it was even funny seeing certain versions of certain movies and shows where it's like you, you're you seeing essentially the scene. It's just cropped, so you can't actually see anything graphic like an impalement or boob shot. But you're still seeing the scene. And then it's uh, it was it was always interesting seeing something like Event Horizon, Species, or any of those other even certain different versions of the Star Trek films, you know, come on UPN and sci-fi channel. And you're like, wow, somewhat different. Still essentially the same, but they changed the dialogue a little there, or sometimes they'd insert a totally different off-color line. And you're like, really? Okay, so that was okay, but this wasn't. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Maybe the director wanted it just as a fun inside joke, and they, and uh, I, I've I'd ha- I've had fun looking at all versions of the Godfather, which we'll definitely do on the show because uh, you get so much great story extensions. Just editing it in chronological order, the first two movies. But throughout the years, they've done that where they would incorporate you know the rest of Part Three on two tapes and uh, and Oh Six apparently. And I I thought it was just me just blinking and it was like uh, oh they're showing the version that's on AMC or that was originally on NBC the you know entire trilogy and it's like no this time now it's on cut 
I feel like my, my experience with uh, the Godfather trilogy is I think I had like a bootleg DVD. Yeah. So, so many of the scenes were so dark that they were basically as if they were edited out. So when I finally saw like an actual a version, you could actually see what was going on. It was like, it was like a whole new film. It's amazing. Totally different film. Yeah. And some versions need to be seen to appreciate some stuff instead of just some people will only just go on Wikipedia and IMDb and just read up the differences and not invest time. Like if you really love a movie, you owe it to yourself to see different versions of it instead of just, you know, noticing something blatantly obvious, like a Blade Runner or Star Wars edit. Whereas <laughs> like, okay, that's clearly newer technology. You know, <laughs> Star Trek, the motion picture looks way better because it was newer technology that they didn't have. <laughs> 20 years ago some people only like it because of those new effects i'm like well interesting so it's yeah and it is funny how like you say some of these movies were practically b pictures that just had a bigger budget with you know had they not had that a list a listers involved it would basically be a direct-to-video slasher or product thriller or violent action movie that came on tv you know (laughs) it's it's just funny seeing how the different avenues in which something gets distributed and made. Uh, it's funny how some people will actually have that. It's like, well, because it's made by Brian De Paul or Christopher Nolan, it's different. I'm like, mm, it's still kind of <laughs> trashy. It doesn't really change the story. <laughs> it might have more care put into it, yes, but it still would be no different than, say, maybe a violent USA Network or Skinamax thriller. <laughs> it's funny how some people, they, they don't want to draw the line even though they might make a constant argument about budget. It's like, well, if you're going to be that snobby, you should still, you know, uh, be able to think, be, read between the lines. Uh, well, this has been great I, having you two on here. Yeah, hold on. Before I feel like we're winding down, I just wanted to get your favorite 80s-esque moment from the movie. Ooh. Oh, I definitely have one. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> yeah. I think mine I have was- two, but I want to hear... Before I say them, I want to hear what you guys do. Uh, I think probably. I think, go ahead. Okay. The the way Ronnie Cox and Miguel Ferrar just always dress, they're just kind of doing the usual suit up scene. But uh, I think the cars have a certain 80s look to them, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely the SWAT gear could apply to any timeline, but uh, the other the stuff. Is, yeah, probably 80s esque. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you? My, mine's maybe, it's, it's maybe not even a moment. It, it's actually my maybe just a, a piece of furniture, which turned into a moment, but it's the scene where they're, they're, they're all blowing Coke. And yeah. it's not just a mirror. He actually has an entire coffee table that is a mirror. So it's just like, it was like an entire <laughs> coffee table designed just for blowing lines. And I was just like, that's the most 80s thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> And it's just funny because, like you say, you're just like, really, that that tripped you up. And yeah, you see, even great. other superhero movies kind of pay tribute to it. Was like every other entrance the Joker makes in, uh, uh, uh Batman '89. You know, is like is every other moment featuring a boardroom scene. I feel like takes from movies like these. You know, <laughs> they want to show how sleazy some of the scumbags are. <laughs> I loved the um at the boardroom when when uh Ed two oh nine 
loses it and he's before he kills the dude someone yells pull the plug on this thing like i love the idea of like, the plug like like ed is plugged into the wall somewhere yeah yeah <laughs> as if that's gonna make a difference yeah right pull the plug it's like a tv uh, kind of like and i mean it's the same thing with verhoven is like some people try to dissect basic instinct way too much when it's making fun of those kinds of movies and same thing with Starship Troopers. I would see people say, why don't they nuke the planet? I'm like, that's the thing. You're talking about idiots who have all this war power. It's making fun of the Gulf War. And why does the cameraman watch everyone being massacred? I'm like, because he's a dipshit with a camera. <laughs> that's the joke. And so, and, and I mean, there are satirical moments in Total Recall with all the various exchanges. I mean, that's why they cast Schwarzenegger because they saw what he could do in Commando. And they're like, yeah, he can totally handle this type of over-the-top movie and yet you'll still see people who i think i saw verhoven's recent movie benedetta it had a review from someone saying verhoven is back in trashy form i'm like well he wasn't ever trashy but that's how you're taking him so <laughs> any attention is good attention and i'm sure verhoven is like well whatever man you know just if you don't get me you don't get me yeah this was uh this is great having us on i'm glad you had us absolutely uh it's a lot of fun i'm welcome to have you guys back uh soon and uh any any other episodes you want to promote you, know, you mentioned a bunch of ones that you're recording about that. uh which we're recording next time uh we're doing a little christmas horror thing so we did black christmas last episode and uh um stan steamer actually ordered off of kickstarter a board game of the next movie we're doing which is uh silent night deadly night the 1984 ah sweet it was a Kickstarter that he got the the board game of, so we're doing we're recording that this week, so that should be out for nice. Christmas. We we did that as well, and uh, we we everyone wanted to do it, but no one could do it at the same time. So I was splitting it out like, okay, you're going up in December, you're going up later for you know this year, and yep. uh, the best moments is that's where I have to do it. Is like best moments, or better yet, let's just talk about the villains. Or that just flies into like that is er I know it's eighty four, but it's it's an early eighties movie. Oh it's yeah, it's, it's so early eighties. Awesome. At first you think, oh, it's gonna be a Christmas story, and then you're like, oh no. <laughs> 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 and then just where that whole saga goes, it's even more twisted than and trashy than like freaking Leprechaun where. <laughs> and it's even kind of meta at times where it's like it's self-aware of how trashy it is kind of yeah it is for which sure. is even more weird because it's like it's so i i think in this day and age now people are even beyond just the whole so bad it's good it's like it's just awesome it owns <laughs> it's hard to even give it an actual rating scale because it's breaking all the rules and at the same time you're massively entertained or <laughs> you're loving yeah, the trashiness sure. so then it's like well uh it's off the charts. You got to watch it. It's a party movie. Uh, I think that's yet, what it is. You just got to watch it and enjoy. <laughs> right. Especially part two. Uh, just, I, I saw, uh, I think it was Cinema Classics, I think, podcast interviewed that Eric Freeman guy and just how they filmed that whole movie with without permits, what other trashy Z-grade stars were supposed to get the lead role that he got and how Patrick Bateman-esque he kind of is. In that <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh, and how he even had he's written a script for another comeback movie i'm like please please make it and he would share a panel with the director of the first movie who didn't want to share any of the fame and he's like come on dude we all want to make a buck here let's do it let's let's do a continuation of the story you made in part one and i'll do my continuation from part two and we'll just 
they they could it could totally work especially since we've done intentionally cheesy like comeback movies like birdemic and samurai cop have done that <laughs> they might as well do it with the room you know have tommy was so do it again <laughs> but this time everyone is even more in on the joke <laughs> oh so thank you all for being on here and i wish you well yeah thanks for all having right, us thanks Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a